Welcome to the NPL Sunday Night Show, powered by the Brisbane Football Review. Pasquale De Vita, Pasquale De Vita to win the grand final for Gold Coast Knights. It's two goals to nil. Hosted by Scott Owen. Well, firstly, what a surprise Adam goes through a game at Morton Bay. And Adam Pace. Yeah, wars have been start up unless. Ball in and another free kick goal doubles Olympics advantage. And it is Kazan Muller once again in that wonderful left foot. Your weekly NPL recap starts now. Welcome to the NPL Sunday on the Brisbane Football. You've got as usual. Adam, I say this every week, it's a big week in football, but this week is especially big. Yeah, it's a very, very big um Big week in football, and uh, first of all, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there, and especially the football mums as well, who I think are the backbone of uh, of our sport, especially in the uh, junior and grassroots. Because without them, oh geez, it could it'd be an absolute disaster if you left it if you left it to the uh, fathers and the boys. So uh, no, uh, a very very uh, heartfelt happy Mother's Day to to all out there. They do a terrific job, the, the football mothers out there. Volunteers and official roles do a terrific job. Happy Mother's Day to everyone out there celebrating today. On the show tonight, we have plenty of news as well. as We have the NPL and FQPL wrap-ups as usual, along with the Kappa Women's Super Cup Round 5 fixtures. We also have a couple of news stories, Adam, which we'll, which we'll start off with on the show. The first of which revolves around the National Second Division, and that came out midweek that six of the seven Queensland teams have been progress through to the next round of the selection through from Football Australia. They are Brisbane City, Brisbane United, Gold Coast Knights, Gold Coast United, Olympic FC and Sunshine Coast Fire. Peninsula Power were the one side which were not included in that in that, that group to make it through to the next phase. That were one of six clubs, I believe, nationwide which were, which were overlooked for this next round. And you've got a statement which has just come out this evening from Peninsula Power. Yeah, this uh, came out uh, this evening uh, via Peninsula Power socials. And for those who haven't seen it, um, the statement reads as follows. Uh, Peninsula Power were very surprised and disappointed not to progress to the next stage of the national second, second tier competition following expression of interest phase. Football on the, on the Redcliffe Peninsula has a rich history since 1948 and since the formation of Peninsula Power FC in 2000, success on and off the field has seen the club rise to the Queensland National Premier League, including back-to-back premierships in 2020 and 2021. The NSD model involves promotion and relegation and we remain committed, remain very committed to compete at the highest level as demonstrated by over two decades of winning promotion at each level to reach the NPL Queensland competition. We will be striving to earn our right to play in the national second tier, as we always have done through promotion, and we, and we wish all the Queensland clubs every success as they continue their journey through the process. Football Australia has not has not provided any debrief or feedback on our application, so we cannot provide any further information at this stage. Well, I do. We won't go too much into the detail. Though. It's a good, it's a good statement there from Peninsula Power. I do think Football Australia do owe each of the clubs that they have have omitted from this list for whatever reasons they've chosen. They don't they don't have to air those publicly, but I think the clubs themselves should be entitled to find out what it is that's seen them not included in that list. And if Peninsula Power have not heard why they have been overlooked, I think that's very disappointing. I think we we both thought at the time that when the list came out of who was going to be involved, that Peninsula Power would be one of the prime candidates for a team which would look like a very successful second division side, didn't we? We thought that they had the solid playing group, the very very strong 
performance and tradition to fall back on, as you've read there in that statement. They've been serial winners through their 20-odd-year history as a club, and we all, and they got a good facility. So we all thought they were both thought they were going to be a very strong contender for for the second division, didn't we? Yeah, I'm look, I'm I I agree with um potential power. I, I'm I'm shocked and disappointed that uh, they didn't that you know that they they've been sort of excluded. Uh, I I thought initially when it came out on Wednesday, maybe they withdrew. There was always that that thought that you know that if the criteria for especially financially became too much of a burden, and and this is this is not just exclusive to the power, but a lot of clubs that there would be withdrawals. But to be one of six clubs that were that have not progressed and it seems like them and blacktown city the the uh nine-time new mpl new south wales champions or new south wales champions uh to both be excluded there, there's something really not doesn't seem right I, i'm not i'm not going to cast aspersions right now because i i think football straight have the right you know whether publicly or privately to to sort of explain why and what the criteria is but look i, I think you know from my from my dealings and what I've seen of potential power over many years. I, I just cannot understand for life of me what could be against them that would not be a reason for them to be playing in that national second tier. These they, they, like I said they've quarterfinals in the Australia Cup. Yeah, you know, like I said that you know, and like I said that, that quarterfinal game was played at AJ Kelly Park against, you know, the eventual runs up in in Sydney United. So obviously it can't be facilities. And like I said, and the facilities was a problem. There was also Dolphin Stadium up the road, uh, KO Stadium, I should say, that um, that could have also been utilised if they were looking for a you know, 10th feet stadium. So it, like, it just doesn't make sense. And, you know, some of these other clubs that were that were excluded as well, like Bentley Greens um, and Blacktown, at Blacktown City and Coburn City over in WA, which leaves WA with no representation over there it just um yeah one plus one doesn't equal two in this unless you know football australia sort of at least can give some account why uh, yeah and i'm look i'm not i'm not going to cast aspersions on other clubs either, either and say oh they don't deserve anything like that because obviously in the in whatever the criteria is football australia's term that they are worthy of getting an rfp from them but it just it just doesn't make sense it, it really doesn't you know and i and i feel sorry for you know, if if all those six clubs, we know Blacktown City have certainly come out and said that they they're disappointed that they've been rejected. Um, I don't know the situation of the other four clubs, but um, yeah, look, I, I really feel sorry for them. But you now, like I said, there are other ways to to get there. And as uh, potential power have shown over many years in Queensland, what's one more? What's one more rung up the uh, pyramid? Absolutely, they they seem like they were a little disappointed not to be initially included in the MPL expansion back in twenty. 18, they had to go through FQPL1. Mm. They did that, did that absolutely professionally, went through that quite comfortably. I'm sure that if when if and when promotion and relegation from the MPL into the National Second Division does arise, they'll be one of the prime contenders to do that from the MPL Queensland. Of the teams, Adam, which have been successfully moved through to the last round, there's some very, very interesting clubs there, isn't there? You've got the, the two based right in the centre of Brisbane. They were Brisbane City. Brisbane United and Olympic as well. Sorry, so three in the city of Brisbane, one up on the Sunshine Coast and two on the Gold Coast. Do you think, without saying who you think it may or may not be, do you think it's probably going to be a case of one of the three clubs in the city of Brisbane and then one of the three clubs from the from either coast? Is that probably the way we're going to look at it? With two, two representatives and one being a coast team and one being a, a Brisbane team? Unless unless there's a absolutely outstanding bid paper 
Well, that, I do think that that's probably the way. I think that Queensland will probably have, I think, two representatives. Um, like I'm, as, as you said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give away who I think that's going to be or anything like that because I don't want to sort of you know play favourites. Because point, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, days. yeah, at the end of the day, I actually support all six bids. If we could get all six Queensland sides into the national second tier, that would be wonderful. But look, the reality is, is that's pro- that's not going to happen. So, like I so said, I don't want to pray favourites and all that because, like I said, we will support whoever makes it through to the National Second Division next year. And we wish all six of those clubs the best in this next phase of of the proceedings and we'll wait to see which clubs are successful later on in the year. The other news story which you need to get to very quickly, Adam came out from Football Queensland midweek as well, and that was there that their MPL men's and women's and FQPL one men's and women's grand finals will be held at Suncorp Stadium for the first time this year at a date to be confirmed in mid-September. Yeah, I think this is a great step forward. Obviously, um, but following on from your know, other federations uh, that uh, MPL Victoria played have played grand finals at uh, at Amy Park, uh, New South Wales play at um, at Combank Stadium. So I think it was a general evolution. I think that you know, even though you know Suncorp Stadium, as we know, as a behemoth stadium, fifty thousand seat stadium. Look, I still think that you know having having that grand final at a premier event like that for some of these players this is almost be would be a dream come true to play on the hallowed turf of of suncorp stadium so look i think the important thing for football queensland i think as well is not to get too greedy and price people out of the market but you know, i still think you want to get as many people to along to that to that venue for grand final day you know i think you know 20 25 for an adult i think that's probably a reasonable price i think anything above that then you you threaten to basically price people out of the market and you you while having it at a premier venue like that and i understand there are massive overheads um you also don't want to price people out of the market i think you 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 put it in a venue like that so it is able to be accessed by all it's a showcase and if you've got four games of football there on the day or two games and two games, however they end up doing it, it could, it'll be a great, great weekend for Queensland football. It's a great issue to have those those games played at Suncorp. So we look forward to seeing who's going to be there. Of course, we're only halfway through the season. It could be anybody. I mean, you mentioned some players in the NPL, men and, men and women's have played at Suncorp Stadium in the A-League men and women's competitions. Others, to your point, may have had a brief taste of it in some of those football Queensland um, games versus the Raw and the Legends games at Suncorp. But the chance to play a fully competitive game as a side in the NPL at Suncorp. That's something that all these sides haven't had before. I'm sure they're all very much looking forward to it. We'll move on now to the on-field action, and it will start up at AJ Kelly Park in Redcliffe with the doublehead, where they had their strength to give standing with Isaac Powell over the weekend. And by the way, that was a fantastic show of support for him. Just quickly wasn't it on Saturday evening. Both games did a really great job to show their support for that wonderful cause. Yeah, yeah. Look, uh, I, I think I speak for both of us and James as well. You know, as part of Brisbane Football Review, that would you know we're honoured to really sort of you know try and push that cause and get the publicity out on that. But it, it is a it is a story that you know that I think that needs to be told not not only from not only from you know for for young Isaac Powell as well, but I think that you know obviously and while he's the best 
beneficiary and the football community gets behind him. I think it's also important to recognise that, you know, ordinary, you know, Australians, you know, young, you know, young and old as well, that they have suffered from that. I, I have my own personal story that relates to my to my family with, you know, with blood cancer diseases and all that. So obviously this is a cause that personally means a lot to me. But look, I think I was, it was an honour and privilege to be part of that. And um, yeah, look, I, we've said it you know, time, time again, and we'll say it again until the next time is that, you know, we wish we stand with Isaac Powell and we wish him all the best in in his recovery. Absolutely. We wish Isaac Powell all the best and congratulations to all four clubs for their participation. Mm. That was really, really well done. On the field, on the field, it was a 2-1 win for Peninsula Power as you do shift to on-field matters. It was a 2-1 for Peninsula Power to kick off round 10 in the NPL men's competition. Two goals from Josh Woolley for Peninsula Power, cancelling out the early goal from Will Edmiston for Morton Bay. And for the first 10 minutes, Morton Bay looked like they were, were going to go there as and basically get to the top of the table and put in a really assured performance away from home as a league contending sort of team. They went there, they were really calm, composed and clinical and got the early goal. But after that, Peninsula Power were well on top, weren't they? And they did, they ended up winning the game and they probably could have won the game by more in the end. Yeah, it's it was. I guess it's a case of you know, you know, debut coach, um, bounce back, or at least to say returning coach. Uh, obviously, in all in all the other sort of just subplots, you know, the return of Aaron Philp as the uh, as potential power head coach after after um, after club part ways with Rick Coglin, and it felt like in sort of in general after that sort of first initial ten minutes where. You know, Morton Bay were just, you know, they were just electric in the first first 10 minutes, including that goal, you know, a long-range strike from from uh, Will Edmondson to, to get the lead. But after that, you know, potential power, they just seem, they actually seem to be buoyed by, you know, that deficit, end up equalising very quickly through Josh Woolley. And then pretty much, yeah, the second half, it was all there, all there running. They, like, Morton Bay tried hard. Um, but in the end of the day, I think, yeah, um, Potential power. There's that feeling of the old old uh, side going as sort of back, but obviously you got a season and a recovery is not one week, and you want to see more evidence. But you know, I think the trajectory is the is on the right path again. It did look like that with Potential Power, didn't it, last night? That it was getting back to them at their best towards last year, where they were really clinical on the counter attack, and they were a lot more press in the front. Third. It just seemed mm. like, for seemed like, again, it was one one performance, and we, we didn't get to see. Their win last week against East, but that's back-to-back wins now for Peninsula Power. So maybe they have turned the corner. Hopefully, for their sake, they have. But it did seem like, based on the evidence of last night, it was getting back to what we've known Peninsula, Peninsula Power to be over the last couple of seasons. I think that's the the, the mystery about Peninsula Power, and I, and I so I've had we've had people on social media and, and privately as well have asked, you know, from interstate and whatnot have asked, you know, what is wrong with Peninsula Power? Why why are they? Um, you know, why are they near the bottom of the ladder? And that, that, again, if we tie it back quickly to the NSD sort of decision, when, when you've got people asking from interstate about, you know, potential power, obviously people know I'm outside Queensland. So I guess that, that's, you know, that's part of it. But be that as it may, um, look, I don't think there was much wrong with that. I think it's just a style. I think it's I think it's a case of, the, of you know, a structure and a game plan that, um that you know that that potential power had going to that game, and we we've not, not seen anyone really attack the um, the Morton Bay back three like they did last night, where basically in in, in previous weeks, you know, against, against other sides, Morton Bay pretty much you know through their, their very very big back three 
have pretty much been able to dictate and and play out as well as well now linking with Naraki Maeda, but they were really really go pressed last night and after a while you start seeing some mistakes and some you know, ramp passing, and um, yeah and I think as well it really sort of took it took the uh, wing backs out of the game as well for um, for for Morton Bay especially Ben Holiday I think he was a lot sort of a lot quieter because I see he he was needed more to help the back three to get out to actually get out from the back rather than you know sort of getting forward and being on the front foot so that, I think that was a you know a masterstroke of what as a way to sort of counter Morton Bay it worked very very well now for, I can tell you that the uh, the director of football Ben Ryan which I was very very happy with the size performance as we had to say after they had a 2-1 win over Morton Bay and the Derby will be back right after this the director of football, Ben Ryan. Ben, two one wins over Morton Bay. What are your thoughts on your size performance? Had to come back from a goal down. You must be pleased with the resilience to fight back. Really happy with the um, the application, particularly in the second half. Um, they're obviously a good side. They're at the top of the table for a reason. And uh, when we went a goal down, obviously you, you know you do start to worry because of the the season we've had. But um, credit the boys. You know I don't think we were great first half. Um, we weren't fluent second half, but what we did do was we worked hard, and and um, yeah, I'm really happy with that. Seems like in the second half, in particular, you got back to the way you were towards the back end of last season. Is that the way you kind of saw it? Um, yeah, probably. I, I think we worked hard, and I, I think that's not to say we haven't worked hard at the start of the year. I think some games we've been unlucky actually, but um, we, we certainly um, we got behind the ball better. We we scrapped better. And uh, we made it difficult for them, I think. Is that the kind of foundation now you can really build on over the rest of the season to try and move back up towards the finals places? Yeah, look, it, I mean, it's, it is a bit of a cliche, but uh, I said it last week at, at East, you know, we're a working class club, so we should have a working class team and, you know, that roll your sleeves up mentality. And, um, yeah, that, if we want to be at the top... Our, our teams that have won titles, by the way, have been hard working. Yep. So um, you have to work hard if, you know... Winning games of football is not easy. If it was easy, everyone would be doing it. So um, this is a good platform for us to build on, hopefully. It's also like the um, guard have returned yourself and Aaron Phillip now back in the coaching department. How does that work for the first week? Has it just added a bit of like change, change of the um, atmosphere around the place this week? Or? It's been a lot more structure. Um, Aaron's, Aaron's more structure, shape, patterns um, compared to, to what Rick was. Rick's an excellent coach. They're, they're slightly different. Um, and we've done a lot of you know shape this week, and I think we needed to tonight um, against a good side. So, look, moving forward, uh, we'll probably do a lot more shape uh, and structure. But um, yeah, that's not to say that you know Rick wasn't doing a good job. I thought he was, and I think it was going to turn. But um, delighted that Phil was you know back in and doing well, and uh, hopefully it kickstarts us to, to move up the table. Yeah. And just finally, it's a big day for the club, obviously, with the um, Isaac Powell stuff. It was really pleasing to get the result for him as well. Yeah, look, that's, I'm just I'm devastated for him. Um, such, again, cliche, you'll never meet a nicer kid. Um, hopefully, they can raise some money today and uh, awareness more than anything. Um, and hopefully, he finds a, a match and, uh, and hopefully, he's back playing football. Um, but more importantly, I think just his health. Um, yep. But yeah. Thank you, there, Ben, talking to us after the game up there at AJ Kelly Park in the first half of Saturday night's doubleheader. Adam, we'll move on to the second half of the doubleheader up at, at AJ Kelly Park now, which was between the Brisbane Roar Academy and Redlands United. Redlands coming in 
on the on the back of back-to-back wins away from home, but it wasn't to be this time for the Cleveland side. It was a 1-0 win for the Raw Academy. Goal from Thomas Waddingham in the eighth minute on the, on the counter-attack. They're the only goal in the game to give the Raw a 1-0 win, but Redlands were really unlucky in this game. They had a couple of they had three or four really good chances that on another day they would have taken at least one of them and got something out of the game, surely, because they played quite well, Redlands. They were unfortunate not to get something out of the game. Yeah, I think they were they were uh, cruelly unlucky. I think that uh, that yeah they 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 probably had enough chances to to you know, win win in this game a few times over. And uh, look, and that, that's not that's not to um, sort of diminish the the um, the achievements of this young raw side. I think that they. That you know, I thought Lachlan Duke in goal was absolutely sensational. I think that's, I think that would be confidence for him as well. And obviously, with the situation in the men's team as well, uh, that you know he would. I think yeah, you know, he needs to have strong performances and really sort of set himself out in the pack because in in the uh, raw MPL side, the raw academy side, there are three keepers. Normally they can go with you know there, there's there's Lachlan there's there is the Cardiff Pond and there's also uh, young Sean O'Connor as well so that I think he really needs to step up and I think he's all we've always known that he's he's a, he's a you know, a real prospect um, in the goalkeeping which is you know a long line of young raw keepers coming through but I think it's going to be important that he needs to stamp himself as the number one if he wants to earn himself perhaps a if not a senior contract, but a scholarship. I'm not sure if he's been signed as a scholarship player, but that's where he probably needs to be. I think he might have to double-check on that. The yeah. other player who is a scholarship player who's performing very, very well mm. at the moment is young Thomas Waddingham, who's been the Raw's leading light in this competition, hasn't he, since coming back from his from his last trial overseas. Yeah, and, and like I said, the one thing as well is that the, that the Raw took their chance when they had it, and it was, it was, a, it was a very, very... Um, very very lightning quick you know, transition in, in you know counter attack where it was basically two on one and look when as soon as the ball was played to, to uh, Thomas yeah he, he was never he was never going to uh, to miss and, and then the end of the day that that was the uh, deciding deciding factor but uh, yeah look Redlands I think were bitterly unlucky last night absolutely just very very quickly we haven't seen issues sides play a whole lot this year where do you think they're at do you think they're out they seem like they're probably two really solid mid table clubs don't they. Oh yeah, I think so. I think um, Redlands. I know that you know a lot of people, including us, you know, early on, tipped them to perhaps be in relegation trouble. Even the Raw, you know, we're gonna have a few moments. But both sides, they, they look really, really solid. I think um, they, they're they're really sort of playing you know, disciplined, controlled football. And uh, yeah, I, I think I think both sides also as well. I think attacking wise, they need to be able to take more chances. I think that will be the difference between them being a good team and you know, a team that actually potentially could, you know, should one of the top four falter, to really be ready on guard to perhaps even take take advantage of that. But um, look, I think that yeah, you know, nearing the midway point at at the uh, of the season, I think both sides I think be you know above where they sort of perhaps expected. Quite possibly. Now, after I'll call up the head coach of the Brisbane Raw Academy, Owen Baker, and you call up the head coach of Redlands, um, Daniel Varmel. That's what they'd say after this game. First of all, from Owen Baker, then Daniel Varmel. We'll be back right after this. 
Which one by the head coach of the Royal Academy? Oh, make it on 1-0 winners here over Redlands. What are your thoughts on your side's performance in that game? Oh, a tough game. Like Redlands are obviously in a bit of really good form and they're a good team. And, um, you know, we've had to hang on there at the end and show a bit of fight. So a good three points. Um, not the prettiest of performance, but, um, you know, it's nice to see the boys fighting for a win. Our younger side tonight in the last couple of weeks. How do you think some of the younger guys went out there? Yeah, that's obviously, um, you know, the structure... Uh, of, of, of the Raw Academy at the moment those those boys that have been playing A-League get their rest which is well earned and well deserved um, so it's great to give some opportunities to younger boys and um, you know like it's they, you know a few of them stood up tonight so it's good to see Going along reasonably well from the middle of the table are you happy with the way the side started the first third of the season? Yeah I think um, you know the team the team probably other than the Morton Bay game has showed a lot of fight this year um, compared to other years where we probably conceded late goals and um, so you know, I think the group's coming along nicely, but it's, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll continue to try and get them as individual as a group playing well, but individuals ready for, for you know the next step, which is hopefully A League training or, or beyond. So just finally a word on Tommy Warding, and he's a really important player for you with mm. his, his expertise in the front third. Yeah, Tommy's a great lad. Uh, no country boy. He's got that country work ethic. He works hard. Um, great left foot and really good finish tonight. So it's nice to see him show that quality. Um, but. You know, again, it's um, we'll keep supporting Tom and hope hope he can keep improving and keep playing well. Good luck, and good luck next week. Thank you very much. I'm joined by the head coach of Redland Tonight, Daniel Varma. Daniel, unlucky one 0 loss. Uh, how did you see the game playing out? Yeah, look, I uh, I think that um, it was a game of two halves. The first half, uncharacteristically for us, we got caught in a transition, and it was a hard goal to take because it was a very very close first half, so I was very disappointed to, to have conceded in that manner. Obviously, you talk about the second half a much better effort. Obviously, there were a few chances there that, that could have been taken. Some, obviously, some great saves from uh, Lachlan Duke and Brisbane Raw's goals. You think that, um, obviously, that with better sort of uh, clinical finishing that obviously could have finished over the top of them? Indeed. Uh, I just spoke to the team then. And half of football is defending and being resolute and not making uh, errors at key parts of the game. But the other half of the game is you must take your chances when you get them. We had more than enough chances to win two or three games. And it's been a similar story in other matches this year where we've dominated teams for large, large periods of the game and conceded silly goals in moments. And then when we do wrestle back control, we don't take the opportunities in key moments. And that at the moment is the difference between being in the middle of the table and being in the top four. Obviously missing one of your key players in Yogi Santana tonight. Obviously he would have made a huge difference. The squad that I have was more than capable of getting the result we needed tonight against a raw team that lost, lost significant players to their A-League hiatus. So I think that, yes, that's a factor, but with the squad that I had, I didn't have any doubts that we had enough on the park. And again, there are enough opportunities. But yes, it was a factor um, that was uh, unavoidable. Anyway, Dan, uh, commiserations on the loss and uh, best luck next week, kids. Power. Thanks so much. And thank you there to Owen and Daniel for their time up there at AJ Kelly Park on Saturday evening in the second half of that doubleheader. We'll go through the rest of the weekend quickly now. Adam, the first result of the of the round which we haven't spoken about was on Saturday evening over at Underwood Park. A 4-0 win for Rochdale Rovers over Gold Coast. You know, their first loss of the season. Two goals from Mitch Roberts, Marek Madley and Andy Thompson also on the score sheet. Re- Rochdale, three wins on the bounce now. They are have certainly found some form under Scott McNichol. Yeah, I think uh, Scott McNichol's got, got them really uh, 
really flying at the moment. I think, uh, yeah, they're, they're scoring goals and defensively they're very, very strong. And that's uh, that. That's a that was a, this is a big upset. This and that's again not to disrespect uh, Rochdale because Gold Coast. Uh, Gold Coast United had been fantastic the first nine games of the season, but uh, I think, uh, yeah, last night the wheels sort of fell off, especially defensively. Uh, four, four goals conceded. That's uh, that that's uh, two that's two more goals they've conceded in the first uh, nine games of the season. So, the, the, yeah, that, that 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 is a that is a massive scalp, and I think that you know. In in three in three weeks, you know, Rochdale have claimed the scalps of Lions and Gold Coast United. I think yeah, they, they, I think they might be all of a sudden a dark horse if they can keep this momentum going. We said for the last over about a month ago on the show that they might just be finding their feet at the NPL level. Well, I think it's fair to say they certainly have found and have become a very, very tough side to beat, particularly at their underworld park. We'll see if they can continue that over the course of the season. The other game on Saturday night was over at, at um, Imperial Corp Stadium over at uh, Spencer Park there, Newmarket. Our Brisbane City 5-1 winners over. Sunset Coast Wanderers, two goals to Chase and McQuarrie. So one for Kai Bolt, one for Matt Jones, and one for Gonjiro Chiba for Brisbane City. Matt Nesville with a penalty for Sunset Coast Wanderers. And Brisbane City, they are just ticking along very quietly, aren't they? They've, they're that team who've just been on the periphery of the top four and waiting for someone to falter. We'll get to that in a moment, but they've taken their chance very nicely at home with a good win over the Wanderers. Yeah, I think they. I think they probably did really feel uh, two weeks ago against Morton Bay that they they sort of left some points on the table um, as far as their performance goes, and I think uh, they really sort of toned for it with a big win over a Sunshine Coast Wanderers side that you know normally you know would, would put up a bit of resistance, but obviously uh, Jason McQuarrie um, lead, leading the line with Matt Thurtell out um, out suspended. And it looks like it may have worked a charm because they, they were they looked very very good last night, uh, and they're again you know they they certainly look like a team you, just, you cannot discount to be a threat not only for uh, you know just just finals but you know, perhaps you know a bit, if they can get a run on now they even premiership chance. Absolutely, they're certainly doing very very nice, particularly at home this year at Brisbane. So you see if they can continue that. The, the um, two games played on Sunday, we'll go through them in chronological order. Lions FC for Eastern Suburbs for two goals for Andy Pangeli, an own goal and a Matt Rydenton free kick for Lions. Diego Cuba, Rafael Velado, Keanu Tua and Alex Barnett with a 93rd minute equaliser for for East. We'll talk about the significance of that goal. We'll talk about that first, actually, because that could be a really crucial goal at both ends of the table, couldn't it, in terms of Lions and their quest for for us, for where they may finish in around the top four and east at the other end of the table, that could be a really crucial swinging moment at both ends of the table. Yeah, so, uh, like, I know we don't uh, factor in Kappa Pro Series form too much, but I remember East did did beat Lions um, and, and scored a number of goals in their Kappa Pro Series. I mean, so should we be surprised that this, this sort of result came? But, you know, look, but on recent form, it's a very, very big surprise. So I know, I know, Lions, you know, may be travelling not as well as they would like at the moment, but uh, Issa certainly have turned it around after they they've had a couple of really sort of you know ordinary outings. I think even by their stand, I think they get their one one year loss uh, from to Powell last week. I think it was a, was a good performance. A couple before that were not very, very good, um, but to come out and, and score four goals at. Um, at Luxury Paint Stadium, I think is a big, big thing for them. But look, on the long-term perspective, yeah, that's that's two points that can be vital for uh, 
for Lions as far as you know, their, their finals chase, given as the amount of teams that are in and around that top four position. But also as well, that one point for East could be just as uh, as critical at the other end of the end of the table. So yeah, this this is might be a result that we look back on, you know, at the end of the season and go, wow, that this is this is, you know, perhaps, you know, you know, pretty much decided a, a few uh, scenarios. Absolutely just quickly on online it's just not working at home for the moment, is it? They just seem to be normally normally when Lions are at home, it's they're pretty comfortable winning most of their their games and that's what has under underpinned their three MPL men's premierships to date. This year at home it just seems they're just dropping a few more points than you would expect. It's um yeah, I, I don't I don't think you can put your finger on why why it's going on. I know I know their schedule is absolutely chaotic because obviously uh, Luxury Paint Stadium uh, it will be out of action as far as as league play goes because of uh, it being a uh, women's World Cup training base uh, for the Nigerian uh, women's national team. So I know that's still thrown in cast, but also as well. On the other token, you'd say the same thing that you know why, why is this not happening to Brisbane City? They've they've had a, a glut of, of games as well at home, and they seem to be tra- coping fine. So it may be something a little bit more, you know, to do with performance. But yeah, but Lions especially the amount of goals that they've they've shipped lately. That I think it's a concern. Like the play, the players, you know, they're they're, they're experienced players. You know, it's the same the same players that have been for last. Um, last uh, few seasons, you know, so it's hard to explain what, what's going on with Lions at the moment. Obviously, they've still got the firepower to get themselves, you know, mostly out of the, these tough situations, but, um, yeah, I think defensively and the amount of goals they're conceding, I think I think that, that might be a really sort of, you know, worrying Darren Simon at the moment. So they can bounce back away from home against Morton Bay United next week. The final game of the round was played down at Creation Sports and a Gold Coast Knights 3-0 over Olympic. Two goals for Ante Poliak, one for Brad Inman. Very good performance from Gold Coast Knights, but the concerns continue for Olympic View. What's the, the bigger takeaway? Is it, not, is it Knights continuing to click in that front third or Olympics continued struggles? Uh, I think I think this game's more about was more about Knights and I thought I thought they were the goals they put together I think they were they were um, brilliant I thought the first goal that that Ante Poliak uh, cross to find Brad Inman I thought that was a beautiful piece of play um, the second goal came from pretty much you know Poliak was it was pretty much a tap in and then a uh, free kick so yeah look. Uh, yeah, from a results point of view, I think you know, Olympic need to be very, very worried because then they're, they're now, uh, as you'll explain the table shortly, they're, they're over a win outside of safety at the moment. And I think that after a while, that might be, become a bit of an issue. But um, look, I think more as a case of they ran to a red-hot Gold Coast night side, who I think are really sort of you know, you know, honing in now on a run at the uh, at, at top spot. Absolutely, and Gold Coast Knights are now in second place on the NPL men. So as we go through that table now, it is an all Gold Coast top two. With Gold Coast United first on 23, then Gold Coast Knights 21, Morton Bay 20, and Brisbane Sydney running at the top four on 17. Then it is Lions 16, Brisbane Roar Academy 14, Redlands 13, Rotel 12, Sunshine Coast 11, Peninsula Power 10, East 8, and Olympic at the bottom of the table on just the four points. So the Gold Coast team's going very, very nicely, Adam. Setting up that yeah. derby in a couple of weeks should be an absolute beauty. Yeah, we we sort of um, factored in like it's it's funny that we saw we were at the season open, which was the Gold Coast derby at the Croatia Sports Centre, and ten weeks later, or even actually a bit more, because uh, Pro Series as well has been that. So I think it's been three months 
to see the season kicked off. And um, yeah, we're not really surprised. You know, got, we thought Gold Coast United were going to be very, very strong this year. Um, and Gold Coast Knights, since that night, they're unbeaten. So uh, I think you're right. I think you know all roads to June three and the second uh, the second Gold Coast derby of the season. I think that's going to be an absolute cracker of a game. And I and look, I, I'm not sure which of these two Gold Coast sides will be top of the table going to Coplex that night. But um, yeah, I think that uh, yeah, I think that's that's going to be an absolute barnstormer of a game. Building up for the most important Gold Coast derby yet. We'll see what happens in a couple of weeks' time in the men's game. Move on now to round 12 in the NPL Women's Competition. Adam will start at the game which we covered at Luxury Paint Stadium on Sunday evening between Lions SC and Eastern Suburbs. It was the top two in the NPL Women's Competition. And it was a 2-0 win for the league-leading Lions SC, getting their redemption for that loss in round one of the competition. Goals from Rebecca Kirkham and Tia Apu gave Lions the win. They started off very strongly, got the got the lead and then just held on to what they had and East had some chances and probably could on another they could have got a goal or, or something out of it but Lions were able to see the game out yeah um it, there is one streak that still is alive for this uh this uh is brilliant uh Lions women's team and that is their their home unbeaten record which going into today was 935 days since they were last beaten on a very very eerily similar day to what it was today by East on 24th of October 2020 um but I think the key to this game was going to be the, the opening few minutes in in uh, their first meeting on the 4th of March uh it was East that were 2-0 up inside 15 minutes today it was the reverse uh, with with you know, with with Lions getting early, it could have been it could have been one nil after about thirty seconds uh, when uh, Tegan Ryan decided to do what she tried she did last week and try and chip uh, chip the keeper, you know from from the sideline. But that that sort of at least the the uh, bar saved Emma Gibbon on that occasion, but they couldn't save her with uh, two goals. You know, uh, Beck Kirk up with a header at at the near post, and then uh, Tia Apu who uh, came on very very early. In, in the game, actually come on and um, and score a second goal. After that, in tough conditions, uh, yeah, it was it was always going to be Lions who pretty much controlled the game. Although credit to East, they they gave it a good fair, fair shot late in the game, trying to get a goal back. But uh, yeah, uh, Lions too good on this day, and um, I think it's just another chapter in what will be a very very fascinating series of games uh, for this season. After they have to play at least once or twice more over the course of the season. We'll see how those matches do pan out. The goal for the second goal for Tiapu, that was a really, really well-worked goal, wasn't it? Mm. Good play down the right-hand side and a really nice finish. And I, I do think the conditions maybe did play a small part in the game, but I also do think that I'm sure that we'll hear from Rob Askew in a minute, but I'm sure that a big part of the focus this week was we want redemption for them beating us. We don't, they're, not, they're not used to losing. They were, It was something that they were very clearly... At least in my mind, I can imagine they were very, very focused on. Yeah, yeah, you could tell in the build, build up that you know this this was a game, and you even see you know the way sort of you know Rob Askey was sort of you know it was sort of barking orders on the sideline that you know this this game I think you know, meant a lot to this group. I think that it was redemption. I think the word was used uh, as you, as you'll hear in the um in the interview that as that's coming up. But uh, yeah, look, and and I think yeah, it was a very very polished effort in in sort of tough conditions. I think that obviously two nil, two nil, but I think it was it was a lot it was a lot bigger gap. I think it was one decisive winner in this game this evening. 
They were very, very sharp lines. I've seen they have to have Jamila Rankin and Cannon Clough to come back into that side as well. So potentially even stronger once again. Arthur Gomez did catch up with the head coach of Lions, Rob Askew, as you rightly point out. Adams, that's all he had to say after his side picked up a 2 0 win over East. So we'll be back right after this. I'm the head coach of Lions, Rob Askew. Rob, 2 0 win over East. You got the two goals earlier. You're really happy with the side's start to the game in particular. It was a good start. Uh, we wanted to really get at them in the first 15 minutes and, and try and play play in their half, and uh, it worked for us. So, um, you know, I was happy with the, the start. The second, the second part of the second half got um, got a little bit, a little bit. Uh, it wasn't what we were after. You know, um, we, we weren't really get. You know, we're forcing things, and it ended up with them counterattacking quickly at us, and that's when they're most. Um, most dangerous and that's probably when we're most vulnerable so a bit, bit nervy but I thought I thought the, the second half was, was a good performance Second half seemed like they seemed to have a fair few more chances at the way you kind of saw the game In the end, at the end of the game when it got open and there were tired, tired legs um, because it's not the kind of game that we're used to playing, it was end to end and those games are exhausting we try to be a team that controls um, the game and if you have the ball for long periods it's the opposition that ends up really tired but I thought both teams were tired and it was a bit nerve-wracking at the end, but I kind of felt, I kind of felt, I kind of felt that we we weren't going to concede tonight. That tonight was going to be our night. I'm um, Amy Gulson, she okay? Well, her hand didn't look very good at all. It was badly swollen, and it, yeah, did not look very good. So she's gone off for X-rays, and hopefully, hopefully it's not another setback for her. She got trod on her hand um, in pre-season. She got trod on her ankle, so that kept her out for seven weeks. So I'm I'm, I'm hopeful that uh, it's just a bit of a sprain and it should be back playing. He's hoping and just finally with East Stables they did beat you in the first time. Was that a focus they were trying to get revenge on or was it a case of a, they're a team challenging you at the top of the table and they're a team yeah. you'll probably see later on in the year and just try to take it one game at a time? Um, a bit of both really. We wanted to, um, we felt that there was, you know, not revenge, I think I said redemption. Is It was a disappointing performance when we played them away um, and we wanted to put that right and uh, tonight was a lot, a lot more I think we were more competitive than we were on that day. We we were well beaten that day in terms of just being out competed, out enthused. And today, we we were probably the stronger team in that regard. And uh, so I'm happy in that regard. But also at the same time, we we were more focused on winning the league, and we wanted to wanted that three five point buffer. And uh, you know, through this second round of fixtures, we hope that we can beat Gold Coast in a fortnight's time. And all these teams you know, East play Gold Coast next weekend. And they've got all these teams to play. And I include Mitchie in that, who I think are a dark horse. So um, we played all these teams, uh, except for Gold Coast. And uh, so it's now for us to keep picking up the points against the lower half of the table. And hopefully they can take points off each other and we can increase that buffer. A five-point gap now for and good luck next week. Thanks, mate. Cheers. And thank you there to Rob Askew for talking to us at Lions Stadium, or Luxury Fan Stadium, I beg your pardon, on Sunday Sunday night there. Adam, we'll move on to the rest of just, the round. Just, sorry, one, just yep, one thing ahead. as well uh, with that game. Also, just a shout-out to a couple of injuries that are of, you know, of concern as well. Um, Amy Gunston went off very, very early on where she appeared to sort of slip in a challenge early on and she sort of landed on her wrist. Uh, it, when she came off, it did not look good. She uh, was told that she went off to hospital to get x-rays. Hopefully it's not too bad because she's a player that's had just absolute wretched uh, luck this season. And, you know, we know over the last few years, she's a young player that really is, you know, yeah, is quite a, a good player. And look, we just hope we hope for the best. And also as well to uh, Jacinta Sullivan as well for East, who had to be carried off um, 
at half time what looks like to be a knee injury as well so hopefully it's not yet another acl injury for a um for a, a female football player you know we wish both which players both players all the best you know in in their recoveries and hopefully they're, they're back on the pitch uh, sooner rather than later Absolutely. Two very unfortunate instances. There. Hopefully both players get back on the field sooner rather than later. We'll move on now to the rest of round 12 in the MPL Women's Competition. We'll start up at AJ Kelly Park in Redcliffe. There was an 8-0 win for the home side Peninsula Power over Capalba. Four goals from Sarah Diapolonia, Bonnie Davies, Curly Phillips, Libby Sabulski and Jemima Head all on the score sheet for Peninsula Power. Uh, that's it's. I know Capalba's a young side, Adam, but that's a a really good win for Peninsula Power, bouncing back from their Kappa Women's Super Cup result midweek, which we'll get to. But that's a really, really nice performance. And some defenders again on the score sheet as well. Yeah, uh, it's back, back from last season where uh, three of the four defenders are getting on the score sheet. Uh, so I think that, that's always that's always a good sign as well. But uh, yeah, Sarah Diapolonia, four goals, uh, including a beautiful free kick um scored so she's finding she's finally i think this might be her coming out party as far as you know being a yeah you know, a really really top tier talent in this league you know i think it's sent a message and uh yeah look i think it's a, the perfect way to bounce back and sadly for Kapalabai, things don't get much easier for them next week you know as they face lions at luxury paint stadium next sunday so um Look, let's just hope that you know another this another sizable scoreline like this is not in in the wings. Well, it was a tough spot for them last time, wasn't it? When they were the side mm. who had to face Lions, looking for that bounce back after the defeat. So, hope, maybe hopefully this time coming up, it's a little bit easier for them. The other games played in round twelve were revolving around the increasing battle for this fourth spot in the finals. Adam, we'll go, go down to the Gold Coast first. Sunset Coast Wanderers 1-0 over the Gold Coast. United goal from Isabel Burks, from a, a header from a corner, gave them a 1-0 win for the Wanderers. It's really important for them as they look to move away from the bottom two. But for Gold Coast, they just seem to be not quite 100% at their best this year, do they? Yeah, I think uh, first of all, congratulations to Sunshine Coast Wanderers. They they were very very good against uh, East last week for not much of a result. So the fact that they actually can go to Coplex and get all three points, I think well done to uh, Nathan Cobb and his and his team uh, for, for for that performance. Gold Coast United, this is yeah, you know, no no again no disrespect to Sunshine Coast Wanderers, but. Gold Coast United usually are probably at that next level. And to drop these three points, this uh, really, really opens the door as far as they're they're, um, losing their grip on the top four and fourth place. It's certainly a result they would normally expect to get at home. And it's compounded by the fact that Mitchelton picked up a 3-0 win at home over Olympic. We'll get to Olympic in there coaching news in a minute, but on the game first, that was a 3-0 win for Mitchelton. Goals from Kelly Giddies, Carla Wilson and Genevieve McDonald giving them a 3-0 win and they've, they've strengthened a bit over the last couple of weeks with some recruitment Mitchelton and they're looking like they could be a very, very tough side to beat in the second half of the season. Yeah, Kelly Giddies uh, on the score sheets. Uh, if you think it's it's bad enough for opposers opponents of um, Mitchelton, they've got one American to deal with that, that has a very, very liking to goals. Uh, this may be the harbinger of their other American now um, getting on the score sheet, Kelly Giddies, who comes out of Florida, our, our NCAA 2 competition as well. So obviously, you know, a player of her 
of you know, her pedigree coming to Australia to so obviously to hone her craft is you know I think that this could be a very very you know interesting time for Mitchelton's football as far as the women's program but also Carla Wilson again on the score sheet as well she's got a very very American American link at the moment she's been over in in college playing playing over there so uh, she's she's come back to her former club in their in their uh, spring break and she's on the score sheet so look this um. Mitch to the side. Um, I, I actually cannot wait to actually get out and see them live because I think that they're I think they're really going to be you know a, a dark horse as far as you know not only finals but I think they could actually be very dangerous to those teams in the top four. Whereas you know we, we thought that they were a good side beforehand but couldn't get the results. A couple of extra signs, not to mention they've got they've also got Nally Tatham as well, who's who played uh, for Melbourne Victory during the um, the A League Women's uh, seasons. Well, that is is also been signed there. So look, they they really are could could be uh, evolving into a very very good football team. They've certainly got plenty of goals from that Mitchelton side. It's, it, that's the other question has been can they can they score more than they can see? Well, they so they have have done so this year, and I think they could be. Absolutely a serious challenger for a top four spot from here. We'll have to see how that plays out over the course of the season. Just quickly, on Olympic Adam, there's a bit of a coaching change that they announced. I believe that was announced yesterday or Saturday, depending on when you are listening to this. They have parted ways to mutual consent with their NPL women's coach, Russ Somerville. Yeah, um, look, I, I can, again, like the um, coaching change on the men's side, it means that Olympic made, made change the coaches, their head coach on both the men's and women's side of things. Um, yeah, look, I, I, I feel sorry for Russ Somerville. You know, obviously served a long apprenticeship under Rob Askew at Lions, amongst other jobs. You know, I think this is an opportunity for him to sort of you know, try and maybe get away, get out of Rob's you know very very large shadow, and you know be a M- MPL head coach himself. And um, yeah, I feel sorry for him that is that his uh, that this this um. Appointments only last for twelve games or so. So, but uh, yeah, I can like so obviously the results aren't there for Olympic. They've got to find a way to preserve their MPL status in the women's. And uh, yeah, look, uh, I, I, I don't know exactly. I think uh, Gordon Cannon at the moment, the assistant, I think was running, was coaching the side of the weekend. I have to get that confirmed. Uh, but uh, yeah, they're, they're obviously on the lookout for a new uh, women's head coach. They are in the final game of the round. It was was between QAS and South. That game has been postponed to the later date due to some underage tournaments being played over the weekend. So some players from the QAS weren't available. So that game will be played at a later date. We'll go through the table now quickly in the NPL Women's Competition. Lions sit top of the table on 34 points. They're five points clear of East now on 29. Peninsula Power 28. Gold Coast, you know, rounding out the top four on 22. Then Mitchelton on 18. South 12 with a game in hand. Sunshine Coast Wanderers on 12. QAS 10 points with a game in hand. Capalabar 9 and Olympic are on 7. That is the table in MPL Women's Competition. Adam, we will now quickly move on through the FQPL competition. It's been going for about 35 minutes already now, so you need to wrap this up a little bit quickly. So we'll go through the results quickly in FQPL, starting with the M- FQPL 1 men's competition. Kabulcha 4 0 over Mitchelton. Western Pride 2, Brisbane Strikers 0, Albany Cricket Excelsior 2, Capalabar 1, Wyndham Wolves 1, Southwest Queensland Thunder 0, Surface Paradise 2, Logan Lightning 2, and Sunshine Coast Southside Eagles was postponed. Adam, what's the pick of the results there for you? Uh, Albany Cricket Excelsior 2-1 two, winners um, over Capalabar. That, they are right in the mix 
for potential promotion. Uh, obviously, Surface Paradise and Surface Paradise Drew against Logan. I think Logan as well. I think are proving that they are still a very, very formidable team in that division. But uh, also as well, Wolves. Uh, Wolves going up to the range and uh, and basically leaving the three points in the basically in the fog. That was uh, watching on the stream. That was absolutely bizarre watching that. Um, but uh, yeah, Wolves go back to top with their with their win up the range. But uh, again, it's close. Com- it's a very very close uh, run uh, competition as we expect. It is the fog nearly beat both winning Wolves and Southwest Queensland Thunder tonight at, up there on the range. It's one of the things that happens. At once or twice, you're up there on the range, the fog rolls in, and it certainly did roll in this evening up there. A good win for Winnables. I'll go with the win for Western Pride over the Brisbane Strikers. You got so lucky, Joe, in that game. And Western Pride, they're a team which probably expect to be a bit further up the table than they were going into this round. So a win for them away from home at the Strikers would be a very, very welcome three points. I think it's really important for them. They look to kick clear into mid-table and maybe push towards those final spots. We'll go through the table quickly now. In the FQPL1 men's competition, as you said, Wynnum Wolves, they are back on top of the table on 21 points. They had a Surface Paradise and Albany Creek both on 20. Then Logan and Brisbane Strikers tied on 17. And Caboolture 12, Western Pride 11, Capalabar 10. Southside Eagles on eight points with a game in hand. Thunder 8, Mitchelton 7, and, and Sunshine Coast at the bottom of the table on six points, but with a game in hand. The results in FQPL2 on the men's side, Adam, Broadbeach United 3, Magic United 2, Samford 3, Ipswich Knights 3, North Star 1, Turinga 1, South 3, Maroochydore 1, Grand Sissel 3, Holland Park 3, St George Willowong 4, North Lakes 0. Plenty of draws this week in FQPL 2. Yeah, plenty High of goals. scoring ones at that. Yeah, plenty of goals as well as we expect in FQPL 2. But uh, look, the pick of the game for me, um, Broadbeach... Broad Having to really sort of dig deep to um, fend off uh, Magic United on Friday night. Uh, obviously, uh, they've, they've been free scoring. They've had very, very um, some very, very easy performances. But I think they had to fight on Friday night. And, uh, but I think ten and zero now. And uh, yeah, I think I think basically they might want to prepare for life in FQPL one next season because I think I think other than an absolute disaster. Uh, they're 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 headed they're headed for the next level next season. Absolutely, I think Magic United almost did something similar last year to Service Paradise, didn't they? Late in the season, so Magic they, certainly they beat them last season. They certainly got right. that in them to give these really strong Gold Coast teams a run for their money. I won't go for a game. I'll go for a particular moment in a game. Ethan Smith with his free kick for St George Willowong. That was a sensational free kick in a weekend full of great free kicks. That was probably the pick of the bunch. So I'll go with that in terms of my notable moment from FQPL two. In the men's competition, in terms of the table, you mentioned Broadway, takes the top of the table on 30 points. At a St. George Willowong, 21. Holland Park, 20. And Grange, Sissel, ran at top four on 19. Those two sides played out. Very entertaining three-all draw. And they are certainly two teams who are closing in on that second promotion top. We'll see if either of them can claim it. The rest of the table is Tringa, 14. Sanford, 14. Magic, 10. North Lakes, 10. St. George, sorry, North Star, 9. Ipswich Knights, 9. South United, also on 9. And Maroochydore, bottom of the table on five points. We'll move on to the FQPL women's competitions now. Adam, and the results this weekend, Brisbane City 6, Broadbeach United 2, Virginia 4, Logan, Logan Lightning 2, well, Robina City 1, Western Pride 0, and Southwest Queensland Thunder 1, Morton Bay United 0. Four goals for Kate Webb for Virginia is a great effort, isn't it? 
yeah, she's a player that you know, can actually score a lot of goals, and uh, yeah, she might be a smoky for the um, for the Golden Boot in that in that grade. Obviously, as far as uh, smoky, as far as she'd be a lone hand against the whole Brisbane City Armada. Players, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Look, uh, <laughs> but they, obviously they needed they need someone at Virginia to score. Obviously, with um, with uh, Kaya Yamamuro moving on to Mitchelton this season, uh, and she looks like she stepped up for them and was a very, very young side. So, um, look, I'm not, we're not expecting too much. And obviously, that this uh, FQPL one women is is dominated by by Brisbane City and their and their and their side. But uh, look, you start looking for players, you know, outside that that perhaps could put themselves in the shop window, perhaps for an MPL club next season. Uh, AK Webb's one of them that you know looks like maybe standing up. Absolutely. You mentioned Brisbane City had dominated this competition. They've scored 52 goals in their eight games to date. Sitting on top of the table on 24 points out of Logan. Out of Southwest Queensland Thunder, 19. Rabina, 17. Virginia, 12. Broadbeach, 11. Logan, 6. Western Pride, 3. And Morton Bay United, bottom of the table on just the one point so far. Quickly through FQPL 2 on the women's side. Adam Grange, Sissel, 1. North Brisbane, 0. Ipswich Knights, 3. The Gap, 2. North Lakes, 3. UQ, 0. Malkovat 3, Pine Hills 2, and Kabulta FC 4, Annalee 0. Yeah, North North Lakes seem to have, again, a mortgage on that division. They just keep on on moving on. I think, uh, yeah, I think, again, I think they might be uh, looking at at FQPL 1 next season. Maybe MPL there, but I'll have to wait and see. They just top of the table. In FQPL 2 on 21 points ahead of Itrich Knights, 16. Malkovat, 13. Kabulcha, 12. North Brisbane and Grand Sissel tied on 11. UQ, 8. Annalee, 7. The Gap, 1. And Pine Hills yet to get off the mark. That was the league action wrapped up for this week. Adam, we'll go through the cup action from midweek very quickly as well. The games that were played in round five of the Kappa Women's Super Cup. Lions, 10-0 winners on the road against Grand Sissel. Mitchelton, 1-0 winners over Capalba, also on the road. East with a 2-0 win on the road as well. Brisbane City, 2-0 winners at home over the Sunshine Coast Wanderers. Gold Coast Knights, 4-0 winners at home over Moreton Bay. And the final game will be played next week between South United and the QAS. So the game which we did cover on our social media platforms was the game between East and Peninsula Power, Adam. And it was a game where East scored early and scored late. And in the middle, Peninsula Power had a lot of chances that they weren't quite able to take. Yeah, it was um, it was a untypically uh, sort of waste of chances perform from from uh, potential power. But again, uh, give credit to East. They defensively, they're a very very good size. Look, we saw uh, today in trying conditions at at uh, Lions, and let's let's not let's not take that away from that. They when their defense is is on. They're, they're almost impossible to score against. Uh, but yeah, what the yeah, this game was decided in the first five minutes and last five minutes. And uh and uh they now set up a meeting with the two-time cup winners lines in round six, which I think that again, this is series of uh games, uh I think it's yeah, that 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 match more importantly is at, at Heath Park. So that is the first match back at Heath Park for East and Lions. It is at quarterfinal number three. The other quarterfinals locked in are Mitchelson will post Gold Coast Knights and Brisbane City will host the winner of South United and the QAS in the quarterfinals. And just quickly, before we move on to Formula of the Week, Adam, this competition may undergo a bit of a rebrand next year with Football Queensland having 
the Queensland Cup men's and women's coming in next year to crown a statewide champion? From on the men's side, I'm going to say about time. About time that that means that Queensland is now the last state, so as in a full state federation, actually have their cup competition, which is linked with the FA, FFA Cup slash Australia Cup, and actually have a cup competition where you have a winner. So it's about time, and I applaud Football Queensland for finally joining the rest of the country and having that. On the women's side, I think obviously uh, it's a renamed uh, Women's Queensland Cup, but the hope here is not is not on. We're not going to blame Football Queensland for this. We're going to um, beg Football Australia get your Women's Australia Cup up and running next year if possible. I think because that that's that's what is as well up for grabs and what was sort of said in the uh, press statement by by um, Football Queensland that uh, the potentially that places out of the finals positions of the uh, Women's Queensland Cup will go towards a future uh, a future Women's Australia Cup. So I think something that's, again, it's long overdue because quite frankly, I am sick to death of all the hype and carry on about about the New South Wales and Victorian and South Australian women's teams. And I actually want to see them all get on, on the pitch and sort, sort out the differences. Here, here. I would love to see that competition. I'm sure that there's some really strong teams, Lions, East, Gold Coast, Mitchelton, yep. Mitchelton, Peninsula Valley, they'd all love a, love a chance to take on some of those teams from down south. And I think they go very, very nicely in that. And I agree with you about the men's competition. It's, it was the missing link in the yeah. Queensland football pyramid, wasn't it? That one statewide cup competition where every team has their chance to participate and we crown the best team in the state as of next year. That will happen in the men's and women's. And it's very, very good to see that happen. Now, we'll move on to our final final performer of the week before we get out here. I'll go first quickly because I think you've got something up your sleeve. I'll go for it, make it very quickly. Uh, four goals to Sarah Diapolona. She's my performer of the week. Tremendous performance at home to Capalaba. Adam, what do you got for us? Hey, yeah, I've got I've got performer of the week and I've got honourable mention. Um, the performer of the week uh, is a, it was a very, very late uh, entry and that was Ante Poliak uh, for Gold Coast Knights this evening. Uh, look, he had an absolute storm of a game. Two goals. Immediately, the first the uh, first of his goals was a one-yard tap-in. He had to be there. Scores the second one was a cute angle free kick, but also as well his his uh, cross to find Brad Inman in the first half was just pure magic. And I think he he is a very very important player in a very very talented Gold Coast Knights side. So his final week honourable mention. Congratulations to uh, one of my favourite uh, footballers in uh, in the state, being uh, Guy Santana, who got married. Uh, got married on Friday, I do believe. And uh, while the reason why he doesn't get my form of the week and any of the honourable mention is because uh, he could have, he, he didn't obviously follow through with what was, I think, was still one of my favourite moments in football in this state history is where he didn't he, he did not emulate uh Luke Borian, uh, what he did a few years ago at AJ Kelly Park. And um, I, 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 sorry, I can't remember. Um, Luke's wife's name. Um, uh, sorry, yeah, I've got a blank. But basically, she showed up in her wedding dress while Luke while Luke Boring was in goal for um, for for a lion. So, but but obviously as well, he obviously missed uh, last night's game, but for, with good reason. So, uh, congratulations to him, to him and Zoe on uh, their marriage. Absolutely, that was a terrific night up there at AJ Kelly Park in 2020 when they did turn up there after the wedding ceremony. So we'll 
maybe maybe if that happened last last night, we'll have to. It might have been different. I'll have to wait and see. But we'll never know now. But it might have been different. Anyway, Adam, thanks for me once again this week on the Brisbane Football Review. Yep. Thank you, Scott. Thank you. Good night. We'll be back next week to recap all the all the action on and off the field. We'll talk to you all then.